0: Lord, we thank you for another day, a beautiful morning that we can say, your love is greater, your love is stronger, and death can't hold us down. Amen. Hey, we do something here at Hopevale called the meet and greet. Um, Don't be fooled by the title. Um, You actually have to meet and greet people. So if we could, let's turn and meet and greet somebody, and then you can have a seat.
1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Hopevale. And... Great meet and greet. Good job, Adam, just making that happen. That's awesome. So uh, I'm, I'm Ken McGillivray. I'm the Associate Senior Pastor here at Hopeville. And I just want to welcome you uh, as we've come to worship the Lord together. In a few minutes, we're going to hear more about how Hopeville and many of you are involved in the Lord's mission in our community. It's going to be a cool time. A little different kind of Sunday, but a really neat time together. And uh, speaking of just what's happening in our community, I want to share some things that are coming up. Uh, this summer is stretching out a little bit, but we're beginning to get some warm weather, so it's good to get some of these on the radar and on our calendars. Um, uh, June 16, this is a Saturday. Uh, for, as far as I know, the very first time in Hopevale history, we are partnering with the Street Essence Car Club to host a car show, a community car show. Right here in our parking lot, um, by the Tibidawasi Center Road corner, and we're we're doing this car show to benefit veterans in our area, and it's it's going to be a big deal. It's gaining some traction in the community already, and we would love for you to be part of this. Some of you are car, truck, motorcycle geeks. You got your chrome and all that. You you're into this, so. Uh, and look for some more information. We'd love to have you sign up and enter uh, your vehicle in the show. Come and enjoy. If you just want to come and enjoy, if you're a vet, especially, we're, you're going to get some VIP treatment there. And then we then we need some volunteers as well. So we put this out to our community groups already, but just uh, want to make that opportunity available to you. It's going to be a, a special day. This is a really cool day. Then the week of June 25th is Bible Camp Week around here. This is... Uh, and an all-church, all-hands-on-deck week for us here at Hopevale. And so look for information about that to register your kids, grandchildren, uh, invite friends, invite neighbors. This is a really special time for our community as well as for our congregation. And then we have an opportunity uh, to serve in a lot of different ways in Bible camp. So uh, again, this is an all-church type event. And then finally, we are hosting again uh, for the second year in a row the Spring Hill Day Camp, which has been a really neat uh, day camp for children, for families in our community as well as in our congregation. So look for more information on that as well. And we're looking forward to the summer weather coming up and uh, these opportunities to serve the Lord. And these are ways to church that uh, really God uses our generous giving, our regular giving, to make a difference in the lives of families, to, to have outreach into our community. And so as we give this morning, as our ushers come forward, um, we just want to take this opportunity to thank the Lord for the, oppor- the, the ways that we can invest uh, for eternity. And so let's pray together as we prepare to give. Lord, we do thank you uh, for the opportunity to give to your mission uh, on this campus and in our community and literally around the world. And so, Lord, we're grateful. We know that you tell us to give regularly, generously, joyfully. And we want to do that, whether we give online or whether we give in the offering plates this morning. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for all that you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Sp May be seated. My heart will sing no other name but Jesus. Right, And I, and I, I hope, hope that's, that's all of our prayer, whether you've known the Lord for two weeks or for 20 years. God wants us to go really grow, really less religious and more in love with our Savior Jesus because all that he has done for us. And 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 is one of the verses that tells us what Jesus has done for us. And I, I love this verse. It's one of those verses that it seems so simple and straightforward at the beginning when you first read it, but then as you stop and think about it a little bit, it's it's just profound. So the Apostle Paul writes here, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. There's a little tongue twister in there, isn't there? But you think about that verse Jesus was rich, but he chose to become poor for us. And it's not language that we often use of what the Lord Jesus has done for us. So just think about the ways that Jesus was. Rich before he came to this earth, he lived in a beautiful, unspoiled place in heaven. Imagine that. And enjoyed perfect, sinless relationships. And all of that was secure. It was a comfort zone that could go on for eternity securely and never change. And yet the Lord Jesus chose to become poor he chose to give up all the ways that he was rich his beautiful unspoiled setting his perfect sinless relationships the the comfort the, the security that he enjoyed in heaven in the presence of the father and he came to this earth for us the apostle Paul says for our sake because we needed him because we were poor Poor spiritually, not knowing God and being apart from Him, and poor relationally and struggling in our relationship with others and with each other, and and poor personally too. This feeling like, well, I'm I'm part of a church. I'm trying to do my best. I but yet something's missing. I'm empty. I'm alone. I'm afraid. In all those ways, we were poor. And yet the Lord Jesus gave up his riches, became like us so that, this verse says, we through his poverty might become rich in all the ways that he is rich. Isn't that amazing? And as we take communion today, as we share this simple meal together, we want to thank the Lord. For coming to this earth, for becoming poor for us, so that we could become rich in all the ways that He is rich, we want to worship Him together uh, during this time. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, whether or not you're a member of Hopefield Church, we want to invite you to take part in this communion time with us. This is open to every believer in Jesus Christ. And if you would not yet consider yourself a Christian in the way that we talk about it here at Hopevale Church, if you would not yet say, I'm a believer in Christ, I've committed my life to him, now we want to invite you to do that today, to do that this morning. Don't let anything stop you from giving your life to Jesus Christ. He has done everything necessary to build the bridge for you, for me, back to God. And he invites you to come, to be forgiven, to give your life to him, to become a follower of the only person truly worth following in this life, Jesus Christ. Uh, Parents, we, we trust your discretion in discerning whether or not your children are ready to take communion. If they know the Lord, then by all means, help them share in the communion time with us. And if they do not yet know Christ, uh, use this as an opportunity to explain to them why this simple meal is so sacred, so important, and why we do it together. So we, we trust your discretion in that, parents. And I'd like to invite our servers to come forward now. And let me pray as we begin our time of communion. Lord Jesus, thank you. For coming to this earth and becoming poor for us. And when we think about heaven and all that you enjoyed before you were born on this earth. It's hard for us to imagine. We read some descriptions. We can imagine some things. But you gave up all of that to bring us back to yourself. To live life on this earth with us as a man, as God. And then you gave your life for us on the cross and shed your blood for us. And Lord, we thank you. Thank you for inviting us to come to you with who we are and where we are with all of our poverty and you making us rich through forgiveness and identity, becoming part of your family Lord, we're thankful and we worship you. Thank you for giving your body for us. In Jesus' name we pray together, amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and broke it. He gave it to all of his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And Lord, you told us that, you showed us that all through the Old Testament, the sacrificial system, and everything pointed to our offenses needing to be paid for and your perfect holiness and your justice being satisfied. And Father, you provided a lamb. You're the one who gave us all that we needed to be forgiven. And So Lord Jesus, we thank you for shedding your blood for us. Amen. of Jesus Christ will never lose its power for us. Never. And so after the meal that Jesus ate with his disciples, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we are a people of the cross and we will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but we want to be a people who boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, your death, your resurrection. So thank you for this time to remember, to partake in this simple meal that you gave us to remember you, to thank you, to worship you, to tell you that we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray together. Amen.
2: We didn't earn it. We definitely didn't deserve it. If anything, we deserved the opposite of the grace He gave us. And yet, He still accepted us, welcomed us even. As we reached out our hands to Him, hoping desperately for unmerited grace, He extended His hands to us, willingly, without hesitation or disgust. He invites us, the unclean, to his table. He speaks to us, whose sin should make us outcasts. He heals us, who are destitute and cannot repay him. He extended his hands to the unworthy, time and time again, passing over the upstanding and the righteous in favor of the lowly. Why should we be any different? Whose hand will you take and lead them to his
3: table? Good morning. I'm Pastor Dan Davis, Senior Pastor here at Hopewell. What a wonderful service it's been, right? And communion and that last song, Mighty Cross, just reminds us of why we're here. Why we gather as a church to fix our eyes, to fix our hearts on the hope we have in Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection for us. Well, today we have a special treat. We want to tell you about a ministry that's very near and dear to our heart called Open Table. And to do that, I brought some friends along. So we're going to start with some introductions and we'll go from there. We'll start at the far end with Pastor Adam. Uh, Adam
4: Harbaugh, the outreach pastor here at
3: Hopeville.
5: Terry Coons, I own and lead a business called People Achieving Change Today, and we seek to create positive change in communities by contracting with government agencies, faith-based and community organizations, churches, to create and manage projects in communities.
6: I'm Elaine Carls. I'm a lay leader in the open table here at Hope Vale.
3: Good, Elaine's part of our congregation, Terry is our special guest. And Terry, um, I'm gonna start with you because of your involvement in the community. You were really the the, the catalyst to bring uh, Open Table to Saginaw and our community. So tell us a little bit about that story and
5: why it got your attention. Sure, sure, so um, I've been a pastor for 20 years and then contracted with government uh, for about 12 years now. And one of the things that really, I guess, impressed me about Open Tables. It really combines the passion uh, for the gospel and the passion for ministry with a lot of technical excellence. And so when my team at Saginaw County Community Mental Health uh, became aware of Open Table, uh, they sent me out to Phoenix, Arizona, and I brought some other pastors from the community as well and we went and observed and we were trained in the model and we were just really impressed with the results of it, uh, that it was very effective at helping people to come out of poverty, uh, and also that it brought people, uh, volunteers from the community into relationship with those in poverty. And, and that was something that we were really looking for at Community Mental Health. We were looking for a way to see um, the faith community, which, which is Um, one of the sectors of our community to see them as a community partner and to be able to utilize uh, just the huge volunteer base that the, the faith community has.
3: And as I've heard you talk about Open Table, I've heard you use the expression, you know, transformational perhaps, as opposed to transactional. Tell us what that means and how that plays out with Open
5: Table. So, in a lot of our churches, um, and I'm, I'm sure Hopevale is like many of our other ministries here in Saginaw, uh, we're really good at doing transactional based ministry. It's something that historically, the Christian church has done, and and we've done it quite well, I'll say. We're good at um, providing food when someone needs food. We're we're really good at providing a winter coat uh, if if someone is cold or housing. And and those are all essential things that in the moment care for a very specific need. And so we need to keep doing those things. Uh, But for many of us who have done transactional ministry for years, uh, what we found is that it kind of leaves a, a hollow feeling in our hearts because we're not really getting into relationship with anyone. Uh, we're handing a bag of groceries uh, one time a month, which is great and it feeds a family, uh, but we're not really doing anything to get to know that person. And so what Open Table I think very successfully does is it helps a, a group of, of individuals from a local assembly, a local church to come into relationship with uh, a brother or sister who is in poverty and to walk alongside of them hopefully to take some practical steps out of poverty but mostly just to be in relationship with them and to be there for them
3: so really going from meeting a need to begin to change a life right Uh, that's powerful and Adam I understand that you and Terry met a few years ago and as Terry was sharing this vision with you really captured your heart, and you thought this would be something good for Hopevale,
4: right? Tell us about that. Absolutely. I mean, right along the lines of the transactional versus transformational, uh, as we kind of assess just different things that Hopevale has been involved with over the years, there really was a lot of that. There was a lot of the transactional ministry opportunities that we were involved in. And again, not that those are bad things, but uh, there's, there's even more depth that can be done. and so. You know, as an example of something that we've been involved with as a church for years would be Operation Christmas Child. And it's it's a great ministry that encourages us all to fill a shoebox with gifts for a child and then that gets delivered to a child in need in the name of Jesus around the globe awesome ministry, uh, but it's, it's that transaction, and so we kind of saw just a need for us to have an opportunity to go deeper in terms of ministry opportunities that, that we have for our church, and along that spectrum of uh, transactional versus transformational, I, I kind of always think of, you know, think of a swimming pool, and the transactional would be the shallow end of the pool, and there, it's easy for a lot of people to be in the shallow end of the pool, but the more you've had that experience in the shallow end of the pool, we also want to be moving towards uh, deeper ends of the pool type opportunities. And so, open table is really that deeper end of the ministry pool opportunity. The, the transformational ministry that takes place through open table is really something that resonated with us. And so, when Terry brought it to us, uh, it was just it was really kind of an instant uh, something that just resonated us with us very quickly. And uh, in the three years that we've been involved with it now, we've uh, served five on five different tables. 22 different people from Hopevale have been involved in those opportunities and just love the way that not only is it an opportunity to serve somebody in need, there's spiritual growth that takes place for the people who are serving on a table. It partners us with other local churches, it partners us with uh, local government organizations, and so... I often said like, that's like the, it's more than a trifecta of wins. It's like win, 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 win. Okay, we're in. (laughs) So uh, just connected, you know, uh, checked a lot of boxes for us and it's been awesome to be involved with that over the years. And uh, those 22 people from Hopevale that I mentioned, just want to take a moment to recognize them. Uh, It's been uh, just an incredible thing to see our people go very deep relationally with somebody in need. And when they uh, sign up to serve on a table, It's a minimum of a year commitment for a a one hour per week meeting as they get together and just build a relationship with that person in need. And so uh, just as a church, we just wanna recognize those who have served on the table and just express our appreciation uh, for what you've done there. So thank you very much. Thank you.
3: Well, it is, Adam, boy, you think of a year, an hour, commitment over a year and that it's really more than an hour but that's just the you know kind of minimum investment yeah were you going to say something
4: yeah just you know those 22 people would not have had an opportunity to serve also uh, without elaine just running point uh, as our mission leader to make all of this happen and just bridge that gap between hopevale and open table and those who serve so thank you very much elaine
3: yeah, and boy, Elaine, your personal journey with this has been pretty powerful too. Because I remember talking with you when you first got involved, and it's been amazing to see how much it's gripped your heart. Tell us a little bit about that, for oh,
6: okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so this, this is. I'm three or four years into this journey myself, and I have served uh, on a table myself with other brothers and sisters. And uh, the sister that we served is actually in the second year since our, our table concluded. She just finished another semester of college this week. And um, so what really gripped my heart initially was uh, a statement that John Kadoff, the founder, made uh, in, in a meeting to organize Open Table for the city of Saginaw. And he said, there's a relationship you're missing. And um, it, that grabbed me as a teacher because so often when I was teaching, I saw students in poverty and I had to be primarily involved, even though I'm a believer walking it out in the secular world, my primary obligation to my students was their academic progress. But how in the world do you divorce academic progress from personal struggles when you don't have gas money to get to school, or you can't buy diapers for your children, or you didn't eat last night, or you're not going to have lunch today right before the big exam? And it was a way to bring a cohesive whole together of my, my spiritual walk, and my vocational interests. And I guess what I would like to say to everybody here is that all of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, you're all trying to walk with Him every day. And you all have interests, connections, networks, and all of those things could be used if you served on a small group of people walking with someone for one official year, and now I can tell you now two years out, an amazing amount of growth that happens in relationship and life in that second year and in that third year as you watch another life, including your own, begin to blossom through this experience.
3: That's great. And we'll talk more about the the specifics of the the mechanisms, so to speak, of Open Table, but um, talk more, give us insight into the world of the people you're serving, because I think when I hear a term like you know, poverty or, or foster you know, foster care. I, you know, I have an image, but I don't think I really understand fully the depths as somebody whose you know, basic needs are taken care of and so much more. You know, where are these people, these young adults coming from sure. that you're ministering to?
6: Well, I'll just give you some national statistics to give you a sense of it, because here at Hopevale, our early tables have been primarily ministering to youth who have aged out of the foster care system. Nationally speaking, between aging out and age 24, one in five of those youth will become homeless. Um, at age 24, nationally, the average person aging out of foster care will be making $8,000 a year. Uh, 16% will be incarcerated. 71% of the young women will become pregnant. Um, there are very vulnerable youth who have been repeatedly traumatized, just as a blanket statement through no fault of their own whatsoever. Um, I want to mention a community group we have here at Hope vale that has been providing totes for Saginaw County for a long time um, so that kids that are transferred between one foster care situation and another have a few basic needs met, and so there's been an interest in Hope vale in youth aging out of foster care. I, there's one other thing I'd like to say, though, yeah. and that is that these are also, like all of us, aspirational people, people who have dreams. People who want an education, who desire to have meaningful work, meaningful relationships, just like us. And so I don't want to just objectify people talking about how they're different, perhaps, from you and me, but how they're just like you and me. They're human beings like you and me who have hopes and dreams and talents that this whole world is missing uh, if they don't have a shot at life. So that, that drew me.
5: Would you add anything, Terry? Or? Well, I just, you know, I, I think Elaine hit the important stuff, but I would encourage you to think about all of the people in your life that have given you a, a hand up to help you to get to where you're going. And, and I think, Elaine, that you just sparked this in my thinking that none of us really are self-made people. I mean, we might want to kid ourselves with that and think, oh, yeah, yeah I, I pretty much have created my own destiny. No, pretty much we didn't. Uh, there, were, <laughs> there were a lot of people who helped us along that journey in life, and and when you're talking about a severely traumatized young person, um, maybe someone who, in the course of 10 years or 12 years growing up, was in 15, 18, 20, 25 different foster care mm-hmm. homes, right? Um, we've heard some stories that would just blow your mind. Uh, a young lady who grew up and never owned her own pillow, never had a pillow the entire time she was growing up in, in foster care. when you, Others who were abused and hurt in, in very significant ways. And when you're talking about trauma, the word that we often use for overcoming that is this idea of resilience. And, and what is it that creates resilience in someone's life so that they can overcome that trauma? Um, I'm thinking of the, the young lady that was served by a table here and, and on her what we call a life plan, on her to-do list for the year were some of the very practical things that we always think about in social services, housing and transportation and employment. And those are all very necessary things for life to function. Uh, But one thing that she put on her list is she really wanted to learn to play the piano. Uh, Growing up in foster care, she just had never had the opportunity to learn a musical instrument. And it was through her table here at Hopevale that they networked within the congregation here. And uh, Elizabeth Tellexan, who in my opinion is the, the best piano teacher in Saginaw who goes <laughs> here. And I, I say that because two of my daughters take piano lessons from her. Um, she gifted about a year's worth of, of piano lessons to this young lady. That, the, the studies will point out that two of the things that develop resilience in a young person's life are a meaningful and trusting relationship with at least one person and having a skill that you develop that you feel good about yourself. And her table was able to give her both of those things. That's phenomenal. So let's dive
3: into the specifics then. When we talk about a table, we talk about a year, we talk about meeting weekly. Paint a picture for us of what that might look like. And either okay, one of sure. you. Sure.
6: Um, a table is a group of six to eight People who are trained using materials that the open table organization has worked very hard to develop and constantly work at refining. Um, and so the table doesn't launch until these individuals have been trained. Um, I love the illustration of a table because the year of the table service literally begins with a breaking of the bread, which is symbolic and literal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, What are some of the things that bring all human beings into relationship? Eating.
7: <laughs>
6: um, <laughs> But then that table launches out into a year where there is a formalized meeting once per week, and it lasts an hour. Um, And I I know there's a table that's in operation right now, so all you table members who are serving now, you know that it's more than an hour a week. Um, There are things that come up during the week that have responsibilities uh, that require your service. Beyond that, we hope that tables stay in relationship. And so that becomes more social and more interactional after that first year, with some great statistics from the Open Table organization about the effectiveness in that and the longevity of that relationship in building the resiliency and uh, that Terry talks about. Yeah.
3: Good. And I understand then with the table of the six to eight people who serve, um, each one takes on a unique role. Do you want to tell us about sure. that?
6: It's the areas of life where people in poverty, all of us basically, um, will struggle if one of the legs falls out. Transportation, health care, educational and vocational training, and, uh, and so on. It doesn't mean that you have to be an expert in transportation, you don't have to know how to fix a car. It's that they make sure there's someone at the table who's really watching out for that need in the brother or sister's life, because if the transportation falls down, how do you get to work? And then you've got another problem. And um, yeah, sometimes the challenges are pretty big.
3: Wow, Yeah. Wow.
6: So, and you all help each other. You become sort of a community group, yeah. really.
3: Yeah, that, that relational element I hear you talk is just so strong, isn't it, of really what produces change that sticks, right? Yeah. And, and change that lasts. So Adam, we're three years into this and some stories are beginning to emerge.
4: Absolutely. And, you know, as much fun as we are having up here sharing about this ministry, we thought it would be even better to hear directly from some of the people that we have served and some who have served on a table. Uh, So we put together a video. It's about seven minutes long, but we want to uh, uh, direct our attention to the screens and watch that together now.
8: Learn to listen, to read, to be an active listener, to seek to understand instead of being understood. I'd heard it before, but I actually learned that um to do it because it's not about you.
9: I think uh, from day one I've been educating and changing a different perspective because from my table I've seen seen storms, seen troubles and tests and stuff like that. but from hearing my story, you know, and hearing where I've come from, and seeing me go through stuff that I've came from in the past and stuff like that, it having to help me through it. It gives them more of a light of how I think, what changes their perspective. Because usually, you know, they tell me sometimes for your age and such, you know, um, I don't know. I would have gave up. I would have gave up. And then you know that, in some way, that encouraged me because it's like you know to see people that came from a different walk of life and are at a good space in life right now to say that, you know, they would have gave up knowing that I'm still pushing. is I think that's, I
10: take that as a compliment. Understanding that circumstances are different due to different race, different ages, different times. Right now, not everybody is going to completely get that. When you're not you're in the same shoes or you know in similar situations, that is probably one of the biggest things that probably strained. It didn't make anything impossible though. If anything, it strengthened. Um, but that is probably one of the biggest things.
11: And I love the concept of open table. That the beginning of the table is this um, group that comes together to support a person but the goal of the table is that that chairperson, the person they're supporting, eventually gets to the point of saying I love you, but I don't need you anymore.
5: Well, I kind of saw it as, you know, an opportunity, I guess, you know, I get to get some help from people that, you know, I wouldn't get if I didn't do it. Kind of like the mentor thing I was doing before, you know. So I figured, you know, I'd give it a shot and see how it went.
8: I've been changed by Open Table because um, of learning to put someone else first um, without inserting my own opinion about what I think they should do. And that's that's a big change for me. I'm a mom. I like to tell my kids what to do, um, or what's best. I'm a big sister. So this was a role where you support by walking with and not leading in front of
9: the fact that I would have other people in my life that could potentially become more of a family in a setting. Even after the years up, you know, I have these people that could be for life or for months after. From me, uh, drawing that to me, I I grew up in a foster care system, um, in and out of juvenile and such. And finally getting to the age that I am 20 um, and getting to a sensible sense of independence Needing more people that have wisdom um, and needing more people that could help me make those critical decisions and not make them off of impulse. Getting on the table was the best option with it. I was in a point where I was like, I need help and I can't do it alone.
10: So. I can see the growth now. In those moments, I couldn't see the growth because it was just, there was just too much stuff was kind of just going on um the experience with the table in itself overall I um think it was a great uh thing I'm glad that I said yes to it um <laughs> um there are very trying moments but there are also moments where you you come together period and there's not a point where we all were divided at all but you come together even more than what you had to
11: of Open Table grows into what happens in your life when you realize you're not here to fix somebody. You're here to participate in what God has in store for your life and you grow because you learn to love and care about somebody and you want to see that person succeed and achieve their goals.
5: As we uh, went through the table, you know, I think if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have, you know, gotten as many things done, you know, I think it definitely helped progress the things that I got done, you know. And so like helped me get into college, and I uh, got a car, and he helped me out with that, and my license.
8: But tell someone who's considering serving on a table to pray that God opens their heart to see outside of themselves and to be able to learn from other people and to be okay with the fact that they may have things about themselves they haven't discovered until they work with someone very different and it's okay
9: Yeah. this is a big impact you can make in someone's life that you never know may go or you may
11: see further along in life and I think that's a big thing. The really special thing is you don't have to be an expert on X, Y, or Z. You don't have to be a financial expert or you don't have to be the medical expert. You just have to be willing to serve and willing to participate and love your brother or sister. But as you go through it day by day, there's great support, there's great help within the organization, and I think it's a blessing both to the the chairperson, or your brother or sister, and to the members of the table. So if you're interested, check it out.
3: Wow, great stuff, huh? I was watching and, and listening to those stories, I thought about those statistics you read, Elaine, and it's like how, how, do, you, how do you make change? It's like one life at a time, right? Yeah. One life at a yeah. time. Terry, we were talking before this service, and as the area coordinator for Saginaw and really this region, you, you want to see this grow and continue, right?
5: <laughs> well, we do. Um, in the, I'll just tell you, in the last four years, it's been wonderful because congregations like Hopevale congregations from the east side of the city. So we've this, this is an initiative that's really crossed the river. Uh, all parts of our county are engaged in it. Uh, churches of all different size, all different denominations. Uh, pastors have met now that never knew each other prior to launching Open Table. And so we've seen a lot of great stuff happen already. And, and we really feel like we are uniquely positioned right now uh, to have just a really bold goal for 2018, and, and that goal is that we, we want to launch 18 tables this year. have 18 tables, not, not all from Hopeville, though that would be great, that <laughs> would be wonderful, uh, but all the congregations that are involved, we want to see 18 new tables uh, come together to surround veterans who are returning from the armed forces, mm-hmm. Uh, youth who have aged out of our foster care system or juvenile justice system, uh, maybe even some tables for returning citizens from the state prison system, but to see more and more people engaged in this ministry uh, swimming in the deep end of the pool, as Pastor Adam said.
3: Yeah, that's great. So Adam, we've shared some great stories here and I would imagine some people have really been touched by this. So if someone wanted to take a next step who's part of Bell, what would you recommend?
4: Uh, well, first, uh, after this service, we will be out in the lobby around the info desk. So if you have any pressing questions today, we'd love to connect with you out there and try to answer any of those that you might have. In addition to that, next Sunday at 10, uh, 1045, so between the two services, we're going to have an informational meeting in the venue down the hall, about a 30-minute meeting just to cover more information, get into some more specifics of what this looks like and how you can get signed up. If you're not able to make that informational meeting, all of this is also on the website. We've got some videos, some frequently asked questions, uh, and uh, the opportunity to uh, submit a form to apply to serve on a table. So if you go to our website, in the top right-hand corner, there's a uh, kind of a tab called Serve. And as that drops down, "Open Table" is right at the top. And so you know, uh, on your own, you can go check out that page, read up on it, watch the videos. And uh, I also said this last time too, Elaine kind of has this standing invitation uh, for coffee that anybody who wants okay. to learn more about it, <laughs> she'll take you for coffee and just answer all your questions and, and fill you in on everything of what it looks like. So a number of different ways to connect.
3: Well, this has been great. And Adam, I, I'm going to kick it back to you again as our outreach pastor, realizing, you know, as appealing as this is, maybe it doesn't fit with someone's you know, stage of life, season of life, schedule, and so forth. What would you say to someone like that where maybe it's just not a reasonable possibility right now?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I love what Shantra said in the video. If if you're considering, if God's kind of tugging on your heart with this opportunity this morning, pray about it. I think that's that's the best place to start to just kind of discern if this is something you can jump fully into with serving on a table, or, or maybe if it's it's not right now or not yet or whatever that might look like. Um, so so pray about it. You know, again, part of our heart is just we don't want to be a church that is just in the shallow end of the ministry pool. We want to see our people uh, engaging and, and taking the next step compared to where they're at right now. And, and so if, if you're not in the pool at all, we'd encourage you hop into the shallow end of the pool with some opportunities like Operation Christmas Child. If you're a community group that meets together every week, you know, continue to consider the opportunities that God has put into your path that you can engage as a group. If you're at this place where you feel like, hey, I do have some discretionary uh, time and talent to jump into this open table ministry, I would encourage you to consider doing that. Uh, There's a lot of different opportunities along the way, and we would just love to see, uh, as a congregation, us all just kind of take our next step towards what serving others would look like.
3: That's great, because when Pastor Adam and I were talking about taking a Sunday to tell you about this ministry, we really had two purposes. One is to celebrate uh, just some great stories that God has been writing through people like Elaine and Terry and Adam and the 22 of you who have served. And, and to pray that that would continue. So the, the ministry of Open Tables specifically, but even equally, we, we share this to reinforce the value of who we wanna be as a church. You know, earlier in the year as part of our DNA series, we talked about our five essential values uh, as a congregation and one of those was just authentic love, that we wanna be a church that practices what we preach and puts feet to our faith, right? And so there is something that, again, whether you are involved in the ministry of Open Table or whether you just you know, walk out these doors, that you are aware of the people that God brings across your path. And that those of us that we've celebrated the grace we've experienced, that God calls us then to turn around and express that same grace to others. That bumper video we saw at the beginning of just a hand reaching out. That's where it begins. You know, as part of that Authentic Love series, we shared a passage from First uh, John, and I just wanna read those verses again because it really reinforces of what the love of Christ looks like when it comes alive in the lives of men and women like you and me. This is what John writes. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's what we celebrated with communion, the sacrificial death Of Jesus Christ on the cross in our place for our sins. And so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? That the love of Christ in our lives is not meant to be hoarded, it's meant to be shared. Here it is Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions. And in truth. There's nothing wrong with encouraging words and and, and loving speech, but it's more than just hollow words, right? That we are putting into action the love of Christ that God has put within us through the Holy Spirit. And so that's our encouragement to you today that wherever God leads you, you would, as we heard in the video, you'd pray and pray that God would give you open eyes and open heart, open hands to love and to serve the people that God brings across your path. If it's serving an open table, wonderful. But wherever the Lord leads you, may you truly be a reflection of his grace to the world around you. So with that in mind, just wanna pray, and that'll wrap up our time together. So bow our heads, let's pray together. And Heavenly Father, this truly has been a worship service. You've directed our hearts Our minds upward to your greatness. We've celebrated your goodness through communion, realizing that there is a Savior who loves us more than we can imagine, so much so that he laid down his life for us. And we want to be those kind of people, not as a way to to try to pay you back, Lord, but simply as a way to say thank you. Thanks to you, and then we do that by loving others. Thank you, God, that you have granted success to the ministry of Open Table in our community and in our congregation. And it's something that you get all the credit and the glory for. And we just thank you that you're using it. And yet, we don't want it to stop. And so we join with Terry in praying for this ambitious goal of 18 new tables in 2018. And we think of young adults coming out of the foster care system. We think about uh, our veterans. We we think about those um, reentering society uh, out of incarceration. And God, you have a heart for people like that. And just as we heard, many have poured into our lives. How can we not turn around and pour into the lives of others? We want to do that. And so whatever that looks like for us, whether we are involved with this specific ministry or we're just unleashed from this place, Let us represent you well, loving others because you, Jesus, have first loved us. So thank you that we get to celebrate that love today. And Lord, we want to live that out in our lives as we're sent out from this place, praying all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us. Next week, we're going to revisit something we talked about a little over a year ago, what it means to live 168 in our faith, but as you go from here, may you go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you.